0: Welcome to the Power Up Powercast. My name is Tyler.
1: I'm Andrew. And I'm Caitlin.
0: We've got a lot to cover as always this week, including the new Independence Day Resurgence, uh, some reflections on E3, a Doom mod about nothing, and this week's featured comic, The Flash Number One, Lightning Strikes Twice. This week, we're updating our format a little so we can have a bigger, better discussion without trying to shoehorn in everything that caught our interest over the past week. And to kick off this new format, we are going to have a new intro to our podcast, and that is Trivia. So this week, it is Caitlin versus Tyler. And Andrew is going to be asking us three questions. Those th- questions are going to pertain to the stuff we talk about later on in the podcast. We'll keep track of the score throughout the month. We'll rotate it around every week. And at the end of the month, we'll see who has the knowledge.
1: Okay.
2: All right. Are you guys ready?
1: So ready. And take him down.
0: Uh, I am ready. <laughs>
2: okay. So we'll start off with the featured film. The film Independence Day turns 20 years old this year, marking this anniversary as a sequel, which Will Smith is notably absent from. What was the name of Will Smith's character in the first film? Ooh, that's a good question.
1: Oh, I haven't seen that in so long and I just breeze past <laughs> it in the
2: movie. It's it's not really a movie that has memorable character names.
1: No. I just know it's Will Smith, you know?
2: Yeah, no, I have a hint for you. Uh the character's name is not Will Smith.
1: Oh, that, that's helpful. <laughs> it's like when I saw the portrait of Will Smith in the White House, was it? Um, I was like, why is Will Smith hanging on the wall? Then I realized yeah. that's the
0: character. Yeah, I was actually really excited to see that. I'm going to uh, admit that I just Googled this. And, I, and even though I Googled it and switched back to my notes, I've already forgot his name. Oh, wait, no, I think I got it. <laughs> Captain, Captain Stephen Hiller?
1: That sounds right. I, was th- I want to correct. say Captain Hops, but then it- but I was kind of thinking of Zootopia.
0: Ooh, I almost read that as Hitler. Whoops. So, uh,
2: <laughs> do do Google Skills count for points?
0: <laughs> to be honest, it was Bing. I just I have to correct myself. Oh
2: well, Bing the- points definitely count for points.
0: All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Caitlin, what's your take on that as a rule?
1: Um, I we ne- neither of us would have gotten it without it. So
0: that's that's it true. Works. Well, we'll. All right.
2: uh, <laughs> we'll f- figure out how this rule breaks down but I'll mark Tyler's name but I don't know Ooh. if I'm gonna give him a full point Quick question mark. he might get a sympathy point maybe <laughs> sympathy points that be a Can thing. we do like
0: point .5
2: <laughs> maybe point point three it's
0: like a re- like write a regular one but don't make it as dark as you would normally write a regular one <laughs> it's like half opacity
2: <laughs> yeah I think maybe like a third of a point for having to search it up yeah <laughs> Since there's three questions.
0: Ah, oh, that's a good point. There we go. Uh, right. Should we should we give this a time limit if we can't get it after so long? It's, it's to the Google.
2: Maybe. I don't have a timer on me, so I can't start that this week. Uh, very ill-prepared for this.
0: We'll plan this better.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but until then...
2: Yes. Until then, we're going to go with our gut, and if we can't figure it out, we'll either concede or, or uh, use the search engine. Okay. Diving into games... The Nintendo 64 game console is also celebrating its 20th anniversary this year. The N64 was released in Japan on June 23, 1996, and later in the US on September 29, 1996. What were the two North American launch games to be released alongside the console? This one is worth two points. Ooh, it's a double pointer. Hmm.
1: A Mario game. Nintendo's. I don't know. <laughs>
2: Is that your final answer?
1: That's a final answer. I'm throwing it out. I don't know.
2: Okay. Do you have a specific title there? No. You don't. You're just going to say a Mario game. I can't give That's you a point for that.
0: No? I mean, okay. Uh, I might be able to give 64. you a sympathy Four. point. Ooh, uh, I can't think of the exact title, but if I can describe the title, would that work? Maybe. All right. So it was Nintendo. It was Mario 64, wasn't it? It was Super it Mario was,
2: 64. Yeah,
0: so it's like the 3D one where he's running through the house and outside as well.
2: You is guys that... want to split that evenly?
1: Tyler can have it.
2: <laughs> We're going to split it uh, evenly to be fair.
0: Although, yeah, although the other title, I am at a complete loss for.
1: Another Mario game. Uh, it's Kirby? a tough
2: one. It, it nope, it's not another I'm Mario kidding. game. Uh it Kirby? is it is another game though that was part of an existing franchise before the N64 released. Uh, the first game came out on the Super Nintendo, I believe, and there was recently a 3DS game in this franchise.
1: Is it Legend of Zelda type hmm. of thing? Or am I thinking... Nope. Nope. <laughs> I'm just kind of throwing things out again. Mortal Kombat? Nope. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: it's um, a tough one. Donkey Kong? Is it uh, it's like Metroid or something?
2: Nope, it's actually an aerial game. Oh, Star Fox? Game. Nope, good guess Ooh,
0: though. That, w- that was a good guess. That
1: was my game. <laughs> I actually need to get the new one.
0: Is that the one where they, they kept repeating the do a barrel roll? Yes. Ah, yes, yes. That's the only reason I know that game. <laughs> um, now when you say aerial, like in space or no?
2: Nope, uh, just uh, flight. So normal flight, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Doesn't help me. I think, I think I'm going to uh, have to pass on this one.
2: All right.
1: I also pass.
2: The title is Pilot Wings '64.
1: How was I going to know that? Yeah, I thought,
2: I, th- I thought it was a tough one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I n- had no idea.
2: <laughs> this one is, uh, this is another tricky one, but I'm hoping somebody out there knows the answer. What was the name of the first character? To be known as the superhero, the flash.
1: For you mean Barry Allen?
2: Nope, it's not Barry Allen. This is before Barry Allen.
0: Oh.
1: I'm not good mm. at this. I'm just I just know my Barry Allen.
0: <laughs> Barry Allen's your main man. He is <laughs>
1: I'm still very new.
0: Ooh, I feel like you're at more of an advantage on this one too, Caitlin.
1: Just I love the flash?
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: Your hints are it's not Barry Allen and it's not Wally West.
0: (laughs) Jay Garrick?
2: There you go. You sympathy point that one?
0: Yeah, I Googled that. What was it? I Googled that to hell. (laughs) Jay Garrick. Okay. I will have to admit that I definitely Googled that one as well because I was way at a a loss on names for that one.
1: (laughs) I was just about to Google it myself actually because, as I said, I'm very new to comics. So... It's all right. There's
2: some some tough ones here to start things off. So no hard <laughs> feelings, fun. right, you guys? Yeah, Very. Exactly. I'm, I'm mad.
1: So, I'm mad.
0: <laughs> so what's this week's score?
1: I think Tyler won. All right.
0: If if, if any of us even got a point,
2: <laughs> um, not a whole point. So uh, y- actually, you you managed with the the two sympathy points and then the half point. Uh, you are at one point one points. <laughs> And uh, Caitlin is at half a point.
0: I actually
1: got half a point. Wow! For, yeah, for Mario. The Mario, guess.
2: Yeah, you, you threw that one out there. That's that's a, I, that was a guess, and it was a close enough guess. It, I mean, it felt, a lot of times trivia is you're just throwing out guesses, so I just felt that, not, that is, it
1: was sitting right with me that that would be the game.
2: Yeah, and that was that I was mean, a good good guess.
0: That was gonna be my guess too, but then I realized that in 64. I had to like go back to. When I played the Nintendo 64, which is 20 years ago, I guess. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't think
1: I've in ever... I did not play the Nintendo 64 at all.
2: Are you kidding? We have one set up in the office.
1: Yeah, but not as a child, you know? Oh,
2: But still, you have time to do so now.
1: That I do.
0: Oh, time. Hmm. All right. So I think that wraps it up for trivia, as uh, as we can all see for sure. Uh, <laughs> we're not very good at this. <laughs>
2: Let's never do uh, this again.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know about never. I like it. It's actually really fun uh, to, even though I couldn't give a full answer, Kaylin gave a really good couple answers. but <laughs> No,
1: I didn't. You're just being nice. The, the Mario
0: guess and the Star good.
2: Fox guess, those were those were good guesses. Yes. Yeah, that's those, what I was that, saying. That, that was like something that was rooted in a possible reality. I just like yes. Star Fox,
1: man. Which, oh I can afford to buy Star Fox, Andrew. Yeah.
2: Oh, man. There we go.
0: Adult life, working and having a job and such.
1: It's, it's totally <laughs> <How's>... worth it.
0: <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> All right. And moving away from trivia now, put that behind us on the road. Uh, we're, let's talk about Independence Day Resurgence. Um, I went and saw this last night after watching, of course, Game of Thrones. Sunday night after watching Game of Thrones.
2: If your math's right.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> when did you guys go see it?
1: Uh yesterday. So Sunday night.
2: We saw it uh no, we saw it a Sunday afternoon matinee. Oh way
1: Thank to you. be exact. Okay.
2: Yes. Cutting costs there with the matinee.
0: There you go. So you can afford Star Fox.
2: Yep. <laughs> every every dollar we save by going to matinees we put into a savings fund. For Star Fox.
1: Yep. Just Star, Star Fox. Fox. Just that one. Yes.
2: <laughs> once once we buy Star Fox, we don't have anything else to save for. We're we're complete. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Like, my life can end whenever now. <laughs> I'm happy. I've made it.
2: Preferably after we actually play the game. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, what were your thoughts? Tell me.
1: I did not really enjoy it. I was just cringing at the dialogue the whole time or rolling my eyes <laughs> a lot. I don't remember any of the new characters' names. They were... I don't even remember Will Smith's character's name, actually, but that's just my fault yeah. for not seeing the movie since... the the original movie for like maybe 10 years or so it was just painful to watch and i just felt like how insecure are these people about the human race because they had to keep going like man the human race is so great wow we are just indestructible we're so resilient (laughs) like are you that insecure where you need to keep repeating how great we are over and over again and making aliens a giant spear say that about us too (laughs)
2: I was just annoyed. On on the topic of characters, I don't remember any of the character names from the original movie either, but I remember the characters, and that, I think, is more important, because the characters in this new movie weren't terribly memorable, names or otherwise.
0: I do agree with that. Character-wise, I mean, I recognized a lot of people, and they definitely had a lot of nods towards the first movie. You know, punching the alien in the face, obviously a a nod to the first movie. Seeing Will Smith... (laughs) still in, in there, even in portraits. A lot of the characters in a coma for 20 years, crazy. The names aren't really memorable. It's, you know, it's not like Indiana Jones where it's really easy to remember. It's, you know, they have like full names. But I feel like the movie, even even nowadays, I, I actually enjoyed it. I mean, I know you two, uh, not so much, but I actually enjoyed it a little. But I think it was just because it, it kind of played like the first one played. And also, it was a little patriotic on the same side. Like, yeah, human race, you know. Although, I can definitely see what you're saying, Kaylin, about the insecurity, you know. Like, yeah, we're we're actually really good, you know.
1: We're pretty okay, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it just... I'm, I I love the first Independence Day. It's just this movie didn't sit well with me.
2: Yeah. No, it's like the first Independence Day is one of those fun movies that, like, you can recall fondly. It's like, I haven't seen that movie in years. And I can still, like recall scenes everybody knows the welcome to earth but um i I can't even after just seeing the movie recall anything that was like particularly memorable as far as like the characters or uh, events go you have these large-scale battles but all of it just seems to be kind of like what they did with um like episode seven where it's like this is something that we did in the past movies but it's bigger this time yeah
1: we
0: did so much better with the cgi
1: (laughs) that just didn't feel as big like First Independence Day, you feel that the whole world's affected and the the lack of hope. And I just didn't feel that in this movie. It just felt like, oh, well, you know, we're going to make it through.
2: Like with the trailers, like that huge huge ship that's like covering half the planet i was excited to see that like that's what got me pumped up for these trailers It's like holy crap that thing's huge this is going to be terrible for everybody on planet earth and i bet that's probably going to be like closer towards the climax where it's like oh man things are going bad on earth and we got to send this big old ship to just wreck their place no that happens like 40 minutes into the movie and then like that that mothership that huge giant mothership just like sits in the background for the rest of the movie
0: yeah and, you know, the the ship, they said, was 3,000 miles wide. And then they have this one-mile-wide drill. I felt like the drill was really undersized for the ship. If that's, like, their main source of fuel, you know, you imagine it, it's going to be bigger. But I guess they do go uncontested in a lot of planets, so.
2: Yeah, but, um... With that, like the drilling, when they're in the sea, uh, you have this ship full of people who are like trying to get to their gold and then all of a sudden they're recruited to like monitor the progress of this drill, which seems entirely pointless because like they're not actively doing anything. They're using like a program to map things based on like some kind of algorithm there and then like they have to adjust things at some point saying like, oh guys, we were wrong. It's not going to be six hours. It's going to be... (gasps) one one yeah (laughs) so like i I don't get why like that needed to exist in any capacity like i know like we have to know hey they're getting closer to the core the stakes are getting raised every minute but i don't understand why it had to be like with that that ship why couldn't it just be somebody back at area 51 monitoring their progress based on like hey this is how fast they're drilling
0: well that's because they took out the satellites though right Then the ship came into orbit, they sent out a pulse, and it took out all the satellites. So they went black, the whole planet. Okay. Everything did seem to have, like, a point to me, but it it was so, what's the word I'm looking for? It was kind of just, all of it was just glossed over. Yeah. Um, It was like, let's get back to the main characters doing their thing, you know.
2: Right. But I mean, like, how did they, um, on the ship get what they need to like monitor the progress? Like that's, I mean, like, that's kind of what I'm saying is like, they don't necessarily need the satellites to see how fast this thing's drilling. They could just like, Hey, like how fast is this thing drilling? Let's set our computers to calculate that rate. Oh yeah. Yeah, They didn't need anybody like on the water to monitor that. Cause like (laughs) those characters were like a bit part and only exist to show like drinking on the sea. Hey, the world's ending, but now we have a new purpose.
0: And slight comedic relief,
2: right? Yeah, except they weren't funny, really.
0: Oh, you come on. You, they were sitting down there drunk as a skunk. And here <laughs> comes this guy with the radio saying, Hey, they want us to do something. And they're like, For a hundred million dollars. Haha, they'll never do that. Oh, wait, they did that. So,
2: what? I mean, when like <laughs> half of the planet has been obliterated, I guess money's not too much of an issue at that point.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not just the United States, like, offering this small little boat $100 million. It's like the whole world is, I don't know, it was, the whole start of the movie was, like, bringing people up to speed, which is good because, like, for instance, went to go see it with uh, Katie, and she never saw the first movie before, which I need to fix that, but <laughs> um, but she actually was able to understand the whole thing. Uh, she She did enjoy it, so that's good. But I do feel like the whole, they show up right away in the first movie, or in this movie here, technology is so much further along. People are in comas that I didn't even know were in comas. You know, I haven't seen the first one in so many years. Right. It was like, it was such a big gap between movies. They seem to just kind of gloss over that gap in between there. That part I would like to see more of.
2: Like, the, the exposition in the first 40 minutes where they're trying to catch everybody up is, is so, like, bullet-pointed. It's like, hey, this has happened, this has happened, this has happened. All right, you're caught up now. Now here's a giant sphere. And then the first thing people do is like, hey, this is a giant alien sphere. What should we do with it? Let's shoot it, you guys. Obviously. Duh. It's an alien sphere. Let's shoot it. And then they and celebrate. Only like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like only Jeff Goldblum is like, hey, guys, no, don't shoot this. This isn't them. Don't, yeah. don't do this. Well, totally
0: saw that one coming.
2: Yeah. It's like, yeah. obviously, what, what were what were their exact words when they're talking about the humans, like the uh, inferior race or...
1: They called humans primitive or something. Then primitive. Then they're all like f- offended. Something they're like, like, hey, like man, we're not
0: primitive. We are highly Yeah, but the first
2: thing we do when we see something new is blow it up. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's a sign of high intelligence there.
0: Oh, of course. Look at this big laser we built. Look at this large club we found. Yeah. That was the
1: spear. would be like, screw you guys. I'm not helping you. am going to go yeah. back to my home planet. Or the refugee planet, I guess.
0: Although that ship went down way too easy. And that's trying to call human race primitive? Yeah. Come on. Well, I'm,
1: I'm going to guess that she kept her. they kept the shield sound because she's expecting a higher form of intelligence where she'd be like, hey, maybe we shouldn't attack first, you know? That's probably what yeah. she was thinking because she's so so much above humans. Mm-hmm.
0: Or, like, if I have my shields up when I show up, they're going to not like that. They're going to think I'm hostile.
1: Mm-hmm. She probably so. just didn't assume that we're all going to be jerks and just shoot her out of the sky.
2: No, but that's what we do. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, blast the sphere, the peace sphere, out of the sky. It felt that silly. That travel
0: to the moon seemed really quick. You know, like, oh, I'm just going to hijack this and turn it into a taxi, that uh, little tugboat ship.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that, too, with, like, characters bouncing around from point to point. Typically, like, I'm not too big on like pointing this out because sometimes you know like you you, you have to credit the editing is like i accept this this person has gone from here to here but it happens all of the time in this movie where like characters will just show up like uh-uh. they'll be engaged in something somewhere else but in the next scene they're completely somewhere else because they're supposed to be there to listen to uh, an exposition point
0: yeah and like uh I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on, like, the moon-to-Earth traveling time thing. And that's kind of one of those parts, too, where, you know, he's like, I got to go, and then he's, next thing you know, he's showing up on Earth, you know, seemingly minutes later, even though travel now takes at least a month, I think, to get to the moon from the Earth. They got those fusion drives, though. Yeah, but, I mean, a month down to 20 minutes. (laughs) But, yeah, that was another one of those points, like, okay, we're... We're on Earth now, and then they take off from Earth, and okay, now we're on the moon again.
1: Or, like, even with Vivica A. Fox's death in the movie, I didn't really feel the impact. Like, you see her fall off, you're like, oh, well, there she goes. I'm sorry this is off topic, but I kind of thought about
0: that. You're referring to the nurse, um, Will Smith's wife. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) I don't even know her name, I just know it's Vivica A. Fox.
0: Jasmine Dubrow.
1: Oh, nice. And just like, oh, On that topic, see
2: you. Um, I, I like how they uh, <laughs> mentioned that uh, Will Smith's character is dead in like a throwaway bit of dialogue. Like, hey, your dad died in a test flight. How does that make you feel?
0: And, you know, I, I didn't even know, notice like the whole time. I'm bu- it's bugging me. Where's Will Smith? Where is he? Come on, come back. And I never even caught that moment in, in the movie. They, they brushed over it so quickly. Yeah. Uh, the the only reason I know is because I read your notes. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's just back to the characters again. Sorry, I just can't get over it. I know they're trying to replace Will Smith with those two younger guys. Liam Hemsworth is his last name correct? And I don't know um, who, who the actor who plays Will Smith's son. But they just don't have the same level of, of charisma that he has. Like he was able to carry. That whole move, like
2: with the help of Jeff Goldblum, thank you.
1: No, I'm just saying, like he was able to (laughs) add comedic value to a movie.
2: That that bad boy character,
0: Mm -hmm. right?
2: Right. It's like it it wasn't entirely necessary to write comedy into the first film because you had the charisma of Will Smith alongside of uh, Jeff Goldblum's like trademark stammering. You know, it's it's just like those. Those moments like went well together, and uh, it kind of like brought some additional levels of humanity to the characters, and it made them memorable. With resurgence, like it's basically forcing that comedy on you, and it is not very good comedy.
1: And it's with actors who can't do it. Like they they have Jeff Goldblum, so it's fine with him. He did great. But they're trying to force these two guys into Will Smith's role instead of making just a new character, new development, and it just—it sucks that they did that.
0: Most of the dialogue was was pretty just cut and dry throughout it, but I did like that uh, the old president, President Whitmore, did another one of his speeches. You know, It's mm-hmm. horribly placed and like it was just there to like you There's know another th- yeah another throwback to the the first movie, but like people are around like hearing him as he's talking to one guy and just eavesdropping all rude like you know and uh, but I did I did like that uh, like his speech um, even though most of the rest of the dialogue in the movie was was all right
2: <laughs> yeah it was definitely poorly written every like it's it's not that it had to be they've got some good ideas here it's it's a plot that could be intriguing the the scale of it could be exciting to watch but like the way that the script is handled, from uh, plot pacing to dialogue is not good.
0: As my, as my wife put it, too much explosions.
2: <laughs> I don't even know if it's that. Because, I mean, like, the first film had a lot of explosions and it was great for it. But the first film also had a lot of, like, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain that I vividly remember more uh, smaller scale dogfights where you had focus on, like, a uh, smaller set of ships and yeah. and uh, uh fighters going at it a little bit more one on one style and like mm-hmm. the only dogfight scene in this new movie was just like this giant like swarm going at it with like little explosions going on in the background it was way too crowded and didn't have any of like the intensity that you'd have in in a, like a good dogfight scene in any movie really
0: swarm is definitely a good good word to use because there was no formations there was no organization it was just a bunch of flies flying in a swarm and Who knows who is who, Yeah, Yeah. Completely agree.
2: So I was, like, looking forward to a little bit more of that. Dog fights are fun to watch, especially when you've got that kind of intensity of, like, I can't shake him. And it's, like, there was that one moment where it's, like, I can't shake him. But you, like, kind of lost in the rest of the action to actually pay attention to what's going on in that one scene. And it's over in two seconds so that, like, there's never any intensity built up. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Like I never felt any dread in this movie. Like there no. there was no I know they're trying to convey dread or anything. I just didn't feel anything of that sort.
2: Well, I mean, you'd think that there should be because should you've got be, this 3000-mile yeah. ship harvesting the core, but like it never really feels like anything's truly at stake.
1: It just kind of shows that I didn't I was just annoyed in the movie. I didn't feel anything besides that. Like, there, I mean, there were some cool moments, like, looking at, I don't know, the aliens and what is it, the mother alien or what do the they call the, the queen. The queen. The mother yeah. alien. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, she was pretty cool looking. I guess that was, that was kind of fun. But other than that, yeah. just...
2: I mean, I thought that the the bus sequence, that the chase with the bus and then the queen, I thought that was genuinely fun. But I think most of that was because... You have an action set piece without much of stupid character dialogue happening. And then can hmm. you
1: just say how ridiculous it is having Jeff Goldblum driving a bus full of children in a desert being chased by the queen alien? It's yeah, just, like,
0: who it's who does that? Like, his father's just, that was totally unnecessary. <laughs> I mean,
1: it was really funny, but I was, I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah. I guess that's, that's really happening right now.
0: Yeah, uh, and also on top of that, too, sorry, just so many things with that, too. Uh, after the, the movie, the little girl's like, can we stay with you? Like, to to Jeff Goldblum's father in the movie, he's like, yeah, I'd like that. I mean, that was, like, a nice heartwarming mo- moment. And they just kind of, like, brushed over that, like it was just another part of the yeah, you know, wrap Yeah, and
1: up. I really like that storyline of those kids and the super Jewish mm. dad.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he was fun.
2: Pretty much the, the only heart that the film had, really.
1: Yeah. yeah. And that little dog with and, those crazy eyes.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, they, and they ended it all within a minute of breaching the core.
2: Yeah. Some talent. It's like cutting cutting the wire at the last minute on a bomb that has like that clock ticking down.
0: Yeah. I, I don't it's know. It's like at one second.
2: That's like one of the things that also bugs me. It's just like, okay, so... Your your plan is if your queen, if your harvester queen dies, instead of like having automated systems finishing up the process, all of your ships just retreat. Like that's that's it. That's your plan. Why didn't they all silly. died?
0: They all like die, so to speak. And then they the retreat was them getting taken by other queens in other We're, colonies. Why would
1: yeah. the queen right. even go to Earth then? Or why wouldn't they just stay? farther away
2: i mean it's a hive mind so she's kind of got to like be in a certain proximity but like what i'm saying is like the ship ship could have some kind of automated systems to finish up that process before Mm -hmm. the harvester gets recalled that just seems kind of like a dumb fail safe
0: well then if there is automated systems what's the need for the queen
2: for the uh hive mind for the, the rest of the alien bodies exactly
0: so if you have a queen that can control everything, why build things that would do the work that she can do, and does best, and we follow?
1: We follow.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can. I, there should have been more, but it is for you know an advanced alien race that so indestructible it is to use the word again, kind of priv- primitive for them to not have redund- redundancies. And backup plans like that. Yeah.
1: Such arrogance, but it sounds like, according to the Spear, that they've taken over so much of the universe that they've just been destroying everybody.
0: Uncontested, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, maybe not uncontested. So but that's, just,
1: Yeah, they probably yeah. feel like they didn't need that, that they're just like, oh, look at these primitive beings. But of course, the We're humans like, triumph.
0: I think that kind of covers that like discussion on that. We kind of covered the whole movie in short. Yeah. Uh, Definitely spoiled some, so.
2: (laughs) A little bit, a little bit. Um, We didn't write a review on this film, so tried to get all of our thoughts out here. I was too lazy to actually write a review because I didn't feel like this movie deserved one.
0: (laughs) Uh, But, you know, because you didn't write a view, uh, we don't know what your score is. What do you score this movie?
2: Well, let me give you my final thoughts (laughs) as I have uh, noted them in my notes. Uh, because yes, please. I, have, I have a line here that I really want to share. As a dumb summer blockbuster, it succeeds at being dumb. <laughs> There's some solid action pieces, some cool large-scale destruction, um, but it never feels fresh, really. And almost every action sequence is like a rehash of something that's been done and been done better in different movies. Uh, the script, like we talked about, it was just absolutely terrible. And the plot device for killing the queen to get the harvester to retreat is stupid. So stupid. My score is one out of three. Ooh,
0: and that ranks, that is a bad. That is a bad. Our lowest score. Caitlin.
1: I did not like it. I also give it a one out of three. I couldn't stand the dialogue. It had some fun action, but the dialogue, just every time someone spoke, it just took me out. It wasn't, it was just bad. I didn't enjoy any of the any of the new characters. And I'd be okay never really seeing this movie again. I would never, I'd never be sad about that. Ooh. I'd never, I wouldn't be hurting if I was, didn't see, I won't wake up at night like, man, I really want to watch this movie right <laughs> <laughs>
2: You never know. One of those days might come up. You never know. <laughs> so that is another
0: one out of three, a bad, again, our lowest score. And as for me, I actually kind of liked it. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Odd Man Out, it it has so many throwbacks to the first movie that it was very nostalgic to me. Did feel that it had kind of the same plot line overall and same you know, arc. I guess I liked it because of the nostalgic value, and because mm. I liked it over that or for that, I am giving it a two out of three. Huh? Eh, meh. Okay.
2: I feel like that's Take a it. generous score. Take it or leave it, right? <laughs> I'm gonna leave it. <clears throat> oh. <laughs>
0: but I guess we do have some uh, quick film stats. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good word so- for it.
2: Uh, it seems like domestic audience are siding more with Caitlin and and myself on this one. Uh, the the film grossed worldwide 143 million in its opening weekend. It finished second behind Finding Dory, which is, which is in its second weekend. Um, and it domestically underperformed being outdone by its predecessor 20 years ago. Independence Day grossed 50.2 million in its opening weekend in 1996 that money is not adjusted for inflation. So that's $1996 there. Big money. Resurgence mm-hmm. only took in $41.6 million of its $143 million take from domestic audiences. So almost $10 million less than what the original movie did. Not
0: accounting for inflation. Uh, inflation. Yeah, so that's crazy.
2: Yeah, so that's unlikely to come close to what its predecessor did domestically, um, which ended its uh, domestic th- theatrical run at three hundred million dollars. Um, especially like with with bad reviews and word of mouth spreading, uh, the the next week dip is probably going to be pretty substantial for this one.
0: It's it's kind of interesting to see that difference domestically versus and uh, you know internationally. Yeah. So forty one point six million domestic. But overall, I had 143, so over $100 million internationally.
2: Yeah. I don't have the, the foreign breakdown for that, so I don't know which markets took in the most. Yeah. So that kind of
0: wraps it up for Independence Day, resurgence. And I think with movies, uh, I was just really quick, some movies that are just coming up. The Legend of Tarzan, coming out here in just a few days. Oh, yes. Star Trek Beyond, uh, which is July 22nd, I believe, is when that's coming out. Yep. And then, uh, I'm not really excited about this one, but Ghostbusters, July 15th. So that's actually before Star
2: Trek. Yeah, I don't know um, if I, I can bring myself to see that one.
0: You know, I I just, I like Star Trek, or not Star Trek, uh, I like Ghostbusters, the first one, but this just seems so, really, the trailer did not excite me. It felt like they just kind of crapped all over the first one,
2: Yeah, you know, in, it, in my it, heart. It looks like so. painfully forced uh, comedy. Maybe what we should do for that podcast is feature the original film.
0: I like it. And I'm not a big fan of the the Melissa McCarthy character either. Yeah, me either. I don't find her funny. I've said that to, to Caitlin watch. like
2: multiple times.
1: Only movie I've enjoyed her in is really Spy. But I think I just like that movie for Jason Statham being really weird. <laughs> it's it's just him being weird. And it's, it's, it's fun. Well, there you go. <laughs> so I would just see it for Jason Statham. Just saying.
0: <laughs> yeah. So there's some uh some big movies that uh are coming out within the next month that we'll uh we'll probably talk about I'm sure there's more in there as always but let's move on into games, mostly news and games right now, and some kind of interesting articles I stumbled upon that pointed back to uh older stuff and the first one is actually a mod made for doom two this was the nineteen ninety four release and the the mod that was made was a recreation of Jerry Seinfeld's apartment. Really? And you, yes. So you are in a first person, you know, stance with a shotgun, and you run around through Jerry Seinfeld's apartment, and you hear dialogue. Kind of run around. You see the characters walking around, and they're just, you know, the old style sprites where they just face whatever which way you're facing. You know. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it's pretty funny to watch. Uh, they have kind of crappy music in the background, you know, like an eight-bit version of the the show's music. And when you shoot the characters, they they spout out lines, <laughs> like different like one-liners from the show. It's it's pretty funny. Uh, it's really old, and because of Doom coming out, it kind of got a, a you know an updated article, kind of kinda like, hey, look what happened back in nineteen ninety four with this game. So that was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I uh, looked up a video of that after you posted it in the notes. What'd you think? I thought it was pretty funny. I didn't watch, like, all of it, but it's just kind of like a neat little tidbit, because I don't think that there's any actual objective in the uh, mod, like, you know, the show. It's a mod about nothing, but it was kind of funny, because, like, yeah, like, the first door that opened was uh, Newman, and you just started shooting him. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was like, uh, it almost seemed like a secret, uh, a secret they found, and here's Newman in the closet, and just starts shooting him. The first person he killed. (laughs) which is always good. Now, I don't play Planetside uh, myself, but they have a game called North Card Game, and that would allow you to play cards, and you could get stuff for Planetside 1. I guess um, servers are shutting down for both those games. Uh, August 1st is when North Card Game servers shut down, and July 1st, so just coming around the corner here, Planetside 1 servers are shutting down. If, if anybody listening plays those games, you probably already know but be warned
2: so the games the games are getting closed down or are they just like consolidating some servers
0: so they're actually shutting the entire their own entire server set down for those yeah. games planetside 2's been out for I don't even know how many years now um, quite a few that's probably pulled all the their market away from these other older games
2: when do those you know when those games originally came out
0: May of 2003 so they're actually not even now that old I imagine them to be older
2: it's still thirteen but, years.
0: Yeah, I suppose.
2: Not many games besides uh, World of Warcraft still doing that.
0: Oh yeah. But you know, World of Warcraft holds uh Guinness record for most subscribers to an online uh MMO. So mm-hmm. Planet Side Two has been out since two thousand twelve. So
2: Oh that one's plenty recent.
0: Yeah, so four years it's been playing Planet Side Two, so I'm sure they're assuming that everyone who's moved over to Planet Side Two is gonna move over. So if not, they will now.
2: Or have private servers for it.
0: Yeah, exactly. I suppose we can move from that, though, into some uh, thoughts on E3, and especially into the Xbox. Yeah. One.
2: (laughs) So, uh, it's been two weeks since E3. My main interests lie on the Microsoft side, so I, I probably got a little bit too heavy with that. I tried to make it a little bit more even, but all of the notes I wrote down were kind of like focusing on that, because they... We're the only ones who announced like new hardware. So uh, the Xbox One S was unveiled at their E3 press conference, and it was confirmed that there is no Connect port. So I was wrong in my initial assumption that they weren't going to kill that off. Um, I didn't think that they were going to bundle Connect in, but I didn't think that they would get rid of the port so that people who had a Connect uh, would still be able to use that Connect if they upgraded to the new system. It's not going to have a Connect port. And that kind of seems to to indicate that that is the death of Kinect for sure, especially since that uh, more and more recent updates of Xbox One's dashboard have kind of limited Kinect functionality. Like when I first got my Xbox One, I could pair my Xbox One controller with Kinect. The voice commands were fantastic. Now I can't pair my controller. I actually have to get up and press the button on the Xbox itself, which is just tedious. (laughs) Yeah, and, and now um, I'm in the, the Xbox dashboard preview, so I've got Cortana, and while Cortana is great on my phone and my tablet, I think I've said this before, but it's just terrible on the Xbox. When I could go, like, Xbox on, Xbox, record that, now I have to be like, hey, Cortana, turn on my Xbox. Hey, Cortana, record that. And she takes a while to warm up, so like by the time she's actually like done thinking, she might not... And record the clip that I wanted, so. Well,
0: I'm glad they're still keeping the voice uh, functionality in there, even if it is kind of slow
2: right now. Yeah.
0: Because, I mean, I don't use my Kinect for video, but I definitely use that, that voice command function all the time.
2: <laughs> like that's why I like swore behind Connect. Like I was willing to pay that extra money Just to have the convenience of being able to like Xbox play, Xbox pause Without having to turn on a controller
0: Could you imagine people without the Connect Having to press the button on the controller Every time they want to turn it on? Yeah horror. Horrible
2: <laughs> But I mean just like the convenience of like Like if I'm watching or binge watching something on Netflix And my controller turns off I have to turn on the controller And then press the A button to pause the video instead of just being like Xbox pause and then get up and go to the bathroom or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm hoping that they smooth things out with Cortana because uh, those voice commands are definitely integral to my Xbox gaming experience, being just able to, to have the convenience of recording game clips and uh, pausing videos and whatnot. It is important to note that despite the Xbox One not coming with a uh, Connect port, you can get a adapter for your xbox one s um and if you already have an xbox one with connect all you have to do is provide the serial number for your xbox your connect and your xbox one s and microsoft will provide you that adapter so you can connect your xbox one connect to your xbox one
0: s hmm. i wonder why they want to know the serial numbers of all three devices
2: probably just to prove that you have it i suppose because like anybody could be like hey microsoft i have this and then like microsoft sends them a Twenty or forty dollar device, and they don't actually have it, and then just like turn around and sell it on eBay or something. <laughs> I suppose. Additionally, in Xbox news, Xbox Play Anywhere, Microsoft's new incentive to bring Xbox exclusive games to Windows 10 PC. Yes. Yeah, lots of people are saying that this is a bad move. It's going to affect xbox hardware sales do you have any thoughts like uh, what's your side on that
0: i actually think that it will help because if i can play you know i like my pc games and I, playing on uh console is very comfortable and i know you're more of a council or a console guy versus uh council console. Console. i always say those <laughs> con- okay <laughs> i know uh you know i'm more like pc guy you're more a console guy and it's it's great that they're putting that that mix between the two cuz I'd love to play some games on the on the PC that I could be playing on the Xbox but maybe my wife's watching Netflix or something. I'm pretty sure it had that feature in there where you could play a game and somebody else could be still on the Xbox like watching Netflix, right?
2: Like the way it'll work is if you buy a game on the Xbox One digital store or the Windows 10 digital store, you get both copies. You get it for Windows 10 and you get it for Xbox One, but your save carries over. So you could like play the game on your Xbox One, your save syncs up to the cloud, then you go over on your PC and then just continue playing, but you're playing the PC version at that point.
0: Now that is exciting just in itself, but what I would really like to see with that is cross-platform multiplayer.
2: Uh, There will be that too. So you'll be able to play from PC versus Xbox. Some games won't support that, um, Halo Wars being one of the notable exceptions, I believe. But that's kind of understandable because you're not going to want to play an RTS game on a console versus a PC gamer.
0: Oh, yeah. That'd just be an unfair advantage.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, people thinking that that's that's a bad move on Microsoft part, specifically because they think that's going to like, impact Microsoft's hardware sales. And I think Microsoft sees that as okay because they're more of a software and service provider than a hardware manufacturer. So they could be more inclined to sell their hardware at a loss because they know that they're going to get that uh, investment back in, in software and services, which would kind of put them at a competitive advantage because they'd be willing to sell their hardware for less than what their competitors would be selling for um, because they're not really selling... Hardware at that that point, they're selling a platform and a marketplace. Uh, additionally, like you could have better partnerships. So since, because I mean like, okay, so people play on consoles for the convenience of it. And that's one of the reasons I do it. Uh, I work on computers all day. I don't want to have to spend time working on a computer at home to get a game to work. I understand that like I'd have better graphic fidelity or even sometimes game performance if I had a better gaming pc but i just like the convenience of being able to sit down grab a controller and play a game after you know working eight hours on on computers and, and doing troubleshooting there that's what i think a lot of people think of when they think of console gaming is just that like i can sit down and i can play this same reason a lot of people still buy oem computers instead of building their own is because it's like it's already set up and i think that this Xbox Play Anywhere incentive will allow Microsoft to to court more OEM partners to build like Xbox compliant hardware. So like, hey, this this system is Xbox ready. Um and that could mean anything from like, hey, this plays your Windows 10 PC games that are Xbox compatible really well, or it may be even like building computers that play Xbox One game discs. Who knows?
0: oh, oh for sure. You're right. Uh, I think it, if it does harm their hardware, they're going to make it back in software, and and the possibilities are endless. Really, with with what they can do with that, throwing a Xbox compliance sticker on something is going to, you know, make that more valuable. Yeah. It's just like throwing an Apple logo on anything. You know, you can bump the price double. You know,
2: <laughs> right. And and this is something that's going to encourage more gamers to adopt like the Windows 10 platform. It's like, hey, um, that that uh, free upgrade to Windows 10 that I haven't taken yet, maybe I should dive in there because I can play Xbox games on my computer now. So that'll increase uh, their market share in the, the PC platform, like for Windows 10 specifically. Microsoft Windows is already dominating the PC platform, but like getting more people on Windows 10 is important because that's where their uh, software store is. So like if somebody buys Windows, they, they buy Windows once and then that's, that's it. They, they're not buying anything else. If somebody buys Windows 10 or upgrades to Windows 10... They also have access to the store and each dollar that they spend there, Microsoft's making money. So that's smart on their part because every time that somebody is using Windows 10 and and is introduced to that market, they're spending more money. Microsoft's making more money. It also increases the amount of possibilities for software attachment rates because people who have a computer and a PlayStation but not an Xbox are now able to play Xbox games. So somebody who's a PS4 gamer and a PC gamer can play Gears of War because they have a Windows 10 PC. So Microsoft wouldn't have gotten money from that person, but now they will. I think it's a really smart business move because it's it gives them a lot more opportunities to increase their market. Yeah, I
0: agree, and that's, I don't know of any other... Uh you know console makers that are doing this right now uh playstation what they're doing is probably just going to come out with another piece of hardware and leave it at that yeah um able to see what they're going to do too though to kind of answer this because i'm sure they're going to want to answer this with something uh to keep themselves competitive they do have a lot of good looking games on playstation yes
2: yeah. for sure I'm I'm um, definitely going to end up getting one, uh, especially with uh, the new Spider-Man game and uh, Detroit Become Human.
0: Yes. Looking at their E3 conference, PlayStation definitely, uh, or Sony, I should say, definitely had a lot of good-looking games coming out.
2: Yeah. On that topic, let's talk a Microsoft-Sony console showdown. On the topic of hardware, you were mentioning that, that uh, Sony's probably just going to release a new console and let that be it. They didn't announce anything. Microsoft came out on stage and they announced two new Xbox One SKUs or Xbox SKUs. I don't know if like they'll they're gonna tag the the Project Scorpio with Xbox One, but two new uh, Xbox SKUs: the Xbox One S and Project Scorpio. Uh, Xbox One S is a slimmed down Xbox One, slightly improved hardware, 4K video support for like 4K Blu-ray discs and and uh, also some some minor graphical improvements and and gaming uh, performance improvements with like HDR lighting and other stuff. The Xbox One S is almost upon us with a release in August, and the base price point is $299. I think it was smart of them to announce that because that's coming out shortly and they can also drum up that hype. Project Scorpio, on the other hand, that's not coming out until next year. Was it a good idea to announce that?
0: I actually don't think it was a good idea for at least business plans. It's a good idea to get people excited about it early on, but they better put out something good. Because if you're exciting people for over a year, that's, that's pretty intense. What I see is happening is when the Xbox One S comes out, a lot of people are going to say, my Xbox One's still doing just fine. I'm going to wait until Project Scorpio comes out. Mm-hmm. And when that comes out, then they'll go to that unless it just completely flops now if it completely flops people are going to be like well this xbox one s has been doing great and it's been out for almost a year as well i just don't think it was a good idea for them to bring out two things and then not put them out at the same time right obviously putting them out at the same time for this case would be bad as well right Um, i guess the xbox one s is going to be cheap i don't know I, i i know a lot of people uh, are probably going to just end up waiting. I know if, if I was going to get another Xbox, I would, I would just wait till the Scorpio to come out.
2: So on the flip side, Microsoft announced two new Xbox systems. Sony has been long rumored to be working on a refresh of the PlayStation 4. Um, people are calling it the PlayStation Neo or the, the PS4K. They didn't announce anything, and they didn't even like talk about uh, the PlayStation Vita, which is their handheld, so that's obviously dead and gone. As far as hardware goes, do you think it was a good idea for Sony to keep uh, a PlayStation refresh under wraps for the time being, or do you think that they should have came out and uh, said something, like, hey, we're working on this, and it's coming out soon?
0: They should announce something, and I, I honestly think that they should have beat Microsoft to the release of a piece of hardware. For when the Xbox 360 came out and the PlayStation 3, the Xbox 360 came out way before the PS3. I feel like kind of got hurt at the time. I was dead PlayStation. Like I had, a, I had PlayStation all growing up. I was like, I'm gonna get the PS3 and the Xbox One or Xbox 360. Excuse me, was out for quite a while. Everybody was enjoying it, loving it. I was really considering even just switching over to the Xbox 360 because it was. It was new, you know, but uh, I feel like PlayStation or Sony should have come out with a new PlayStation piece of hardware and they should focus on trying to beat Microsoft to the release. Or do I have that backwards?
2: I think think they, they are going to, in some capacity, beat Microsoft to a release. I think, like, with the Xbox One S, it's basically what we have now, but just a little bit better. I think what Sony's working on is is something more in line with what Microsoft's doing with Scorpio. I don't know if we'll see the new PlayStation anytime uh, too early before the holiday season. We might see it going into the holiday season, or we might see it sometime mid-next year. Um, but I think that we're, we'll see that definitely before Project Scorpio. Um, and and oh. Sony will get some definite some hype and excitement there. I don't know. They haven't announced anything as far as, like, hardware or pricing goes on on both sides, like Microsoft or Sony. I mean, Microsoft has announced some of the hardware specs, but, like, we don't know what what they compare, uh, and we don't know what the price is going to be. So I think we'll see the the PlayStation 4 refresh after the Xbox One S, but before Project Scorpio, and I feel like it's going to be more of a leap in what they have offering in the PlayStation as far as hardware goes, um, instead of just being, like, a, a... slim down version that runs a little better.
0: I mean I think it would be interesting for them to come out with something before the Scorpio. I mean with them announcing though, do you think them not announcing that if they did come out with something it would just feel like they're trying to catch up to Microsoft?
2: At this point, yes. If if they had announced something at the E3 conference, everybody would have been known like, "Hey, they had planned this." But now like with them sitting back and waiting, unless they're going to like announce it like right before it comes out like, "Hey, We're working on this and it's going to be available next Tuesday. (laughs) Then I don't think anybody would think that they were playing catch up. They were just like kind of holding and waiting and and, uh, anticipating the explosion of hype instead of the buildup of hype to to sell those systems.
0: That'd be an interesting move as well. Like really hard hitting marketing campaign, focusing on, hey, look how amazing this is and get it out before people can review it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and so many people are just going to binge purchase that one, just like oh my god, the hype, you know, and just just get it. I th- I think that would be very interesting to see.
2: Yeah, I mean, it it, it is interesting to see like where this uh, console generation is going, and I'm kind of curious to see how the rest of this this is going to play out um, because Microsoft is moving farther away from a hardware-based platform and more of an idea of a platform where, like, you can play your games on anything as long as it's a Microsoft system. Sony, on the other hand, has to confine themselves to their uh, proprietary hardware.
0: And that might be just fine if Sony comes out with really good games that look good, they play well, you know, they really pull people in. Whereas uh, Xbox, having that feature between going from Windows 10 to Xbox like that, I mean, that's that's a really awesome feature. And maybe there the games that get released for that might take a hit because of it. But I don't know. It's something that we'll have to wait and see, I, I think.
2: Yeah, I think Play Anywhere is going to do nothing but improve Microsoft's bottom line because it's going to increase their market um, because you have so many people who may not have adopted an Xbox One yet but want to play those games. And they can if they have a Windows 10 computer.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, you, know, you might also have some uh bringing in the, like the you know 12-year-old kids. You might have some parents that are like I'm not going to get you an Xbox, but I'll buy you a game for the computer. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> All right. Uh did you have any other uh comments about the the Xbox S, the Xbox One S or Project Scorpio or the lack of any announcement from Sony?
2: I mean, like my my final thoughts really are the uh, Xbox One S announcement was really smart. Definitely a great way to drum up some hype before the holidays. I think it's a great device to get people who may not have upgraded uh, to a newer system um, from the last gen. Um, I think it's also a great way to kind of get people who are stuck on one platform to kind of buy into a new one now since it's got a, like a pretty affordable price point, um, as well as like a hardware refresh that's a little bit more aesthetically pleasing, being smaller, um, likely quieter, a little bit more powerful. Um, I think that was smart, but I think it was really stupid to announce Project Scorpio because now I have absolutely no interest as somebody who owns an Xbox One to buy into the slim down refresh. I think Sony would have probably done well to announce some kind of hardware, even if they didn't uh, like go all out on it. Just give us a hint like, hey, this is coming sometime, we're working on it, and this is probably the price range you're going to expect it to be in. I think I think that would have been beneficial to improve some kind of hype there because yeah. we all know that they've got to be working on something. We just don't know when we're going to see it or what the price range is going to be. For sure.
0: And moving on from that, Tech Talk, uh, another segment of our podcast. And first off with Tech Talk is GhostBot. GhostBot is like a plugin for another app made by the same people, Burner. It's an app that allows you to have disposable phone numbers for texting. Think of like you're selling something on Craigslist and you don't want to give somebody your actual number. Uh, you know, some creepy guy out at the bar, you know, you don't want to give them your actual number. But you might still need to get some information, so you might actually need to text them. So use burner. But then there's a certain point where, hey, maybe uh, maybe this guy I sold a couch to on Craigslist keeps asking for other stuff. You know, you can use this new app, GhostBot, to uh, respond for you. It's actually kind of interesting.
2: I wasn't thinking of uh, Craigslist, but that's a that's a better analogy because um, the article that I was read was basically <laughs> like you you meet a girl, the date goes bad, and uh, you use Ghostbot to kind of like get her to stop stalking you, um, and that's kind of like what the idea behind it is. Uh, not necessarily people stalking you, but getting people to stop talking to you. Um, so like they have your number, and you want to kind of like deescalate this conversation and let this person go and so ghostbot has a wide variety of scripted responses that are filtered by natural language processing so somebody will ask you a question it'll look at that question and it'll determine from its large library of scripted responses like what it should say back and uh it actually responds at like random intervals and kind of has varying different kinds of responses. Like it could be like passive responses. It could be passive aggressive or, or it could be all out aggressive. Like, hey, leave me alone. I don't want to talk to you anymore. And and it like can continue this until like the conversation like peters out and uh, it's kind of just like a, a conversation deterrent. I don't know if it's necessarily practical in a world, real world application, but I found mm. it to be kind of humorous and uh
0: yeah it's a short video that they have on that somewhere and uh kind of it it shows some of its responses and it starts off you know kind of being just almost unresponsive texting you know like kind of just you know somebody asks a question and then it sends sends back an answer that doesn't really go anywhere you know just kind of you know those people that you reply text to and they just kind of stop the conversation dead in the tracks kind of does that and I finally got to the end of the text that they were demoing in it uh, for this promo video and it kind of gave a more a little more aggressive of a response saying talk to you never or something like that uh, you know trying to like put the foot down you know they seem to market it too in that the, uh, more for kind of creepy texters. but I feel like there's a different there's different markets for that that they could kind of go into as well like, like craigslist. The craigslist thing yeah <laughs> yeah
2: yeah <laughs>
0: you know i was I actually i mentioned this app to to katie and she was just like i just won't give him my number and i was like but what if you're selling something on craigslist and she's like i wouldn't give him my number but texting so convenient And she just replied i wouldn't give them
2: my number i was <laughs> like
0: yeah you don't you're not getting it but
2: <laughs> you're never selling anything on craigslist not with that <laughs> attitude
0: exactly Nobody's going to email It's like turning into a new snail mail. So it's probably going to take some, I don't know. I don't think burner gets used crazy amount already, you know, certain situations, but ghostbot, I imagine is going to be.
2: Yeah. It's, it's kind of a neat little novelty. Like I can understand the practical application behind burner. Like you said, like with Craigslist or even um, with various other online forms where it's like, I don't want my number to be associated with this account, but I need it for this verification code. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. So I think that kind of wraps up Ghostbot. And kind of moving on into something we talked about last week was the browser test that uh, Google did for Chrome. No, nope. Microsoft, for, Microsoft, did, for Microsoft Edge. did for Edge. That's what it was.
2: So last week we talked about the browser showdown that Microsoft uh, had set up for uh, Firefox, uh, Chrome, Edge, and Opera all versing each other to see which uh, browser was best for battery life. Microsoft's Edge in that test outperformed all of the other browsers with Edge finishing uh, the battery at 7 hours and 22 minutes. Opera was in a pretty close second at 6 hours and 18 minutes. Um, Opera was not a fan of the outcome of that video that they posted, and and they said that they were unable to replicate the results that Opera, Microsoft had from their, their tests. So they posted their very own battery test, and uh, they used uh, a Lenovo Yoga 500 running Windows 10 in a balanced power profile and backlight at 100%. They also used uh, Opera Developer with integrated ad blocking, and they declared Opera the winner by outlasting Edge on battery by 22%.
0: Something interesting about that was they, they released a lot of details about the test Unlike Microsoft, so like very specifics.
2: They did. Uh, the, the specifics primarily were that uh, the the exact make and model of the uh, the laptop, all of the internal hardware specs, um, as well as the surface that the the laptops were on. It was like a wood surface to to provide even heat distribution between the two devices. I don't think Microsoft was being trying to hide anything in their lab tests, but they didn't like break down everything into exact details quite like that. Uh, they said they were running like four identical surface books running, uh, the four browsers all on their default settings. That's what they got. And I think the big difference here, Oh, opera in in the Microsoft test also did have battery saver enabled. I think the big difference though is, is that opera indicated that in their test, they used the, uh, developer browser.
0: Yeah. And, uh, that might have a big difference because, I mean, if they're using the developer version of Opera versus the consumer version of Edge, that might be at a disadvantage as well. But we'll see if that continues, eh?
2: Yeah, it's kind of interesting, uh, this, this pissing match of browsers. So looking forward to seeing uh, what they think of next for that, uh, to see if Microsoft fires back or if they're just going to let Opera take the crown.
0: I think that covers that for Tech Talk. Moving
2: into comics... This week's featured comic, I think moving forward we're going to try to keep things a little bit shorter as far as comics go so we don't try to, to cram all of the comics that we've read in a, a week so that we can focus on a specific comic and highlight it, uh, give it its its due time in the spotlight. This week our featured comic is The Flash number 1, Lightning Strikes Twice. So uh, this week we're deviating from the Wally West DC story, uh, DC Rebirth story um, of Stolen Time. Barry says that they're going to look more into that. Like him and Batman, but they want like Wally to have more information before they start diving into that, because uh, as a uh, forensic investigator, he says that he can't uh, he can't look at a crime scene until he knows where it is. So. They're deviating from from that storyline and letting Flash focus on his own thing in this issue. And it takes about four pages for the story to actually get started in this one, with the first two pages being like flashbacks of Barry's origin to kind of introduce you to August. Is that it? Yeah. Um, So... The first two pages are kind of like flashbacks introduce you to, to August and show you like a recap of uh, Barry's introduction to the Speed Force and to show you that August was there. Um, the second pages after that kind of uh, have some side notes with Barry struggling with uh, not being able to be fast enough to, to stop like all of the crimes or help everybody that needs it.
1: It looks like Flash is at a, Barry Allen's kind of at a breaking point that he can't do it all, and he needs to realize that.
0: It's got to be hard on somebody to, to have to try to—to want to, to wanna try to help everybody and knowing that you just can't.
1: Yeah, it seems like he needs—he's going to learn a hard lesson that he can't be everywhere at once, that he needs to make some tough choices and not just do the like and be everywhere at once.
2: He's still kind of struggling with um, the fact that his mom was murdered, and uh, he doesn't want anybody to have to go through that. Um, so that's kind of like why he's so dedicated to this cause of justice because he wants to kind of be able to prevent that from happening but as he gets to like a crime scene he he makes note like that he, that he loves his job but in, in only some capacity because every time he arrives in a crime scene it means he's already too late so it's kind of interesting because like he's on this this never ending pursuit of justice. Um, And his job, his daily job, the one that pays him is a part of that as much as his job of being the flash. And it's interesting seeing how that, that kind of affects him because he can't help everybody because basically his day job is solving murders. So that person's already dead. There's nothing he can do to help, but he can help kind of bring peace to the family. When he's the Flash, he tries to kind of spread himself too thin at points because he can't be in two places at once. But yeah, it's kind of interesting because Barry has a knack of showing up late a lot of times for like social events or or when he's arriving on a a scene. Barry, not the Flash, has uh, a tendency to arrive late, which is kind of funny because, I mean, he is the Flash and he's the fastest man alive, but he can never be on time. At this, uh, this crime scene that he like mentions you know like how he loves his job but you know he's always too late because he's at a crime scene he starts talking to august and realizes that he had a previous engagement scheduled so he he runs off to meet somebody and uh there he sees some sirens or some fire trucks and their sirens whipping by and he learns that there's a fire and then also there's a star labs truck that's been uh under attack in another part of town and so he has to like make the choice of like do i do i help the people in the fire or do I go after the Star Labs truck? Uh, because I can't be in two places at once. But the uh, the fire is on the way there so I can hit them both. I'll do that. So he tries. And there's a moment in there where uh, you see like him basically wrapping up, saving everybody. But then this woman woman's like, my children, they're still in there. And it's kind of frustrating to see that because it's so stupid and cliche. That you know something bad is going to happen. And that bugged me. That bugged me a lot. I think that's the the thing that I didn't like the most about this issue, because you knew something was going to happen at that point. Because it happens every time somebody has to do something. You know, it's like every time there's a fire, there's somebody still in there, and it's it's up to Barry to get that person out, which means that he's ten seconds behind now from where he was going to try to get on that that scene where there's an, an attack on that Star Labs truck. Despite that. It's really cool seeing how those panels are aligned because you have this contrast of uh, what's happening with Barry as he's trying to save the people in the fire, as well as what's happening with August, who's at that that scene, um, fighting or uh, in a standoff with the the people who are ha- trying to hijack that uh, Star Labs truck. So you've got that that contrasting scenario where you have two people doing two different things and you see it playing out in real time as the panels are basically side by side. And it kind of like adds to that intensity because you're just like, oh my God, just get to him right now. Help out. He's going to die. Artistically, it's also pretty cool. um, Not just like with the panel layout, but with the the contrasting colors because they use that uh, um, blue and orange that you see in so many movie posters, but it's used pretty effectively here because like you have a shootout um, in a street on a night, you know, so you've got like the the blue filter over top of everything, which also kind of um, highlights the uh, the police characters because you know you got the the blue police, um, and then you also have the orange blazing fire, plus the Flash who's red. Um, so that's kind of like a neat uh, visual. Barry, after saving those two kids, runs on to to get to august and and the uh, star Labs scene and as he's running there you can see uh, a thug holding a gun up to august and uh barry's thoughts bubbles are like already too late like i can't do anything about this and i'm just gonna watch it happen like no matter how hard i try this is not gonna end up well But uh, the issue is called lightning strikes twice, and that's when this comes into play. Is because August is struck by some lightning embedded with the uh, speed force, and he turns into this like green lightning energy and just wrecks the dude who's holding the gun at him.
1: I'm just I'm excited to see what happens with August and what's gonna happen in this version of Wally West, you know, new Wally West.
2: Yeah, so the, the the Wally West that was retconned to be Wally West's cousin.
1: Mm-hmm. And he's going to be Kid Flash, correct? Like, he's going to be the next one? That's what I, I thought I read. Uh, that's, that's
2: likely. Because, um, like, going on that, like, after... Early on in this issue, when uh, Barry is talking about or thinking about like uh, the stuff that they uncovered with the the missing time and how he's letting Wally look into that, he thinks to himself like how he misses having somebody run alongside. So he's obviously looking for that that partner there. And it's kind of interesting to see uh, August get zapped by the lightning because now you have him as a possible ally and just kind of curious to see how he's going to respond to those changes.
0: I never, uh, I never knew that the Flash had a sidekick in the first place.
2: Yeah, uh, Kid so. Flash. So, ah. and he's he's off with the Titans now. Um, and
1: he's no longer Kid Flash.
2: Yeah, he's the Flash now. So there's two Flashes. This is also interesting because now we have no less than four people who have uh, speed force powers. You've got Barry. You have both the Wally Wests, and you have August now. So
0: now, are there two Wally Wests because they're two different people by the name Wally West, or is that his character name, or is it like a clone?
2: Uh, There are two different Wally Wests. I'm not all caught up on the new 52, so I don't have all of the understanding, but I did do some reading because I cheat sometimes, and um, (laughs) the original Wally West, the one that came back in uh, the DC Rebirth uh, special issue is like the original Wally West. The Wally West 2 was supposed to be like kind of like a relaunch of the character with the new 52 line. That's what I've read. That's what I, I believe. But uh, with the DC rebirth, he was kind of like retcon to be the original Wally West's cousin. They just happened to be the same name. Huh. Interesting. It was a, it was definitely a strong issue as we got to see like Barry struggle with being too late, not being able to save everyone having a hard time doing anything outside of his pursuit of justice and that internal struggle of like not being able to help everyone and how that kind of like spread him out too thin. Curious to see like if they continue presenting that idea a little farther, uh, to see how like that affects him, uh, emotionally and psychologically with so many people, uh, connected to the speed force. Now I'm wondering if he's going to be able to like take a breather and kind of like partner up with some allies and, and spread the workload a little bit better. Um, so I'm definitely curious to see where August story goes uh, and how he's going to handle the transition. And if he's going to be a new sidekick for Barry, like where is that? Uh, where's that going to take them
0: next time?
2: Yeah. Flash is a biweekly, I believe. So probably be our featured comic in another two weeks.
0: Perfect. And I'll have a little bit of backstory this next time too with this power cast
2: yeah all right was there anything else you wanted to add caitlin
1: i know i really enjoyed the comic
2: all right cool so uh was there anything else you wanted to add tyler not that i can think of never really covered
0: the games we played this week but you know i think uh people can keep up with that as if they pop into our streams every once in a while i think i think i'm good
2: yeah um on the topic of streams I think I'm gonna to hold off on doing uh this the weekend morning streams for a little while just to kind of enjoy summer a little bit better uh, so we're gonna put those on postpone but we're still gonna have our uh, weekday regular streams for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursdays, and Resident Evil 5 comes out uh, on Xbox One this week, the, the re-release of Resident Evil 5, which is one of my favorite games, so I'm hoping to start playing that on Friday nights. There you go.
0: And this week I'll be playing Star Citizen, a game that's an alpha on the PC. Really neat-looking game. Uh, by the time you guys hear it, I'll have already played it, so check it out on our Twitch channel uh, in our archived, our previously streamed games.
2: And I will be playing Metal Gear Solid again. Apparently that game is just crazy long. There's like 52 or 53 chapters and I'm like 14 in. So definitely going to be a oh, few wow. more weeks on that one.
0: Wow, that really is long.
2: <laughs> yeah. Cool. So that wraps up our Power Up Powercast. I'm Andrew. I'm Tyler.
0: And
1: I'm Caitlin.
2: As always, you can visit us at PowerUpOnline.com. That's pwr up Check out our regular Twitch game streams at twitch.tv forward slash poweruponline, that's P-O-W-E-R, up online, and listen to our weekly podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.